to the show, Terry. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. So if you don't mind, if you'll take just a minute or two and tell us a little bit about you, um, uh, your background and, and what it exactly is that you do. Sounds good. Well, I'll tell you what, um, to, to talk about my whole background would take quite a while because I'm 59 <laughs> years old, um, but just kind of start at the beginning of my business career. Um, I actually have a degree in accounting uh, from the University of New Mexico here. Mm-hmm. And after I graduated, I went to work as controller for a local title company cool. and did that for about four years and then decided uh, that I didn't like being told what to do all the time. Um, other than at home, I guess I've been married for 39 years also, but, uh, so, so I started an escrow company and an escrow company is basically a mortgage servicing company, but for owner financing. And so people that want to sell their home and have their own, uh, you know, basically act as the bank, we service okay. those loans. And so, um, that's what I started at. And then in 2003, we also started a trust company, SunWest Trust, which is what, which is the majority of what we do now. I still own the escrow company, mm-hmm. um, but the trust company is a, we act strictly as custodian for a self-directed IRAs. Um, so the cool thing about my trust company is that we service customers all over the country. We have uh, roughly 9,000 customers in every state in the United States. Oh, wow. So for those of us listening, um, that may not know, could you tell us exactly what a self-directed IRA is? Sure. Well, um, the, uh, the, uh, internal revenue service or Congress, I guess, created, uh, individual retirement accounts back in the seventies, I believe 74 or 78. I can't remember exactly, but what they did was they decided that, um, Social Security might not be enough for people to live on, which obviously it's not. And then people needed to start saving for themselves for their retirement. So the idea was, is they would give you a tax benefit to save money for your retirement. And what the way they did that is they allow you to deduct the contribution that you make in a Mm -hmm. traditional uh, IRA. And so a lot of times people, you know, some of your audience may have gone to their accountant in April and and their accountant might have told them, hey, if you take $2,000 and go put it in an IRA, I could save you that much money on your taxes. So in effect, mm-hmm. you know, the, the government might be helping you, at least helping you, if not funding the entire contribution to the IRA. Hmm. And so that's that's what it was created for, was a way to encourage people to save for their retirement. Interesting thing is they, um, they don't want you to save too much. Originally, they would only allow you to contribute $2,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And now it's up to $5,500. Uh, so anyway, that's where it all started. Uh, then later on in the 80s, they created this thing called the Roth IRA, um, where that is um, the contribution that you make to it is not tax deductible. You can't deduct that from your, mm-hmm. your taxable uh, income in the year that you make the contribution. But the cool thing about the Roth is if you meet a couple of rules, when you take the money out, it's completely tax free. So all the growth inside of a Roth is tax free. Oh, that's uh, nice. Yeah. As compared to the traditional account that they originally created, the contributions going in, depending on income levels and stuff, is tax deductible. And then you pay tax on the money when you take it out. So 
all the time that it's in the IRA, it's growing tax deferred in the mm. traditional account and tax free in the Roth account. So what is the difference when you add the self-directed uh, to the to the front of it? Great question. So when they created IRAs, they basically the IRS doesn't tell you what you can invest in. They mm. tell you what you cannot invest in. And so if you look at if anybody can't sleep some night and they want to put themselves to sleep pretty quick, they can get out <laughs> the Internal Revenue Code and read it. And anyway, in Section 4975, it tells you that you cannot invest in life insurance or collectibles. So those two investments you cannot have in your IRA, everything else you can. Now, most people and most of the people we're talking to probably have always thought that you could only put, you know, uh, CDs or, yeah. or company stocks or mutual funds, that kind of thing in your IRA. Mm. But that's not true. You can have anything again, but life insurance and collectibles. So my company specializes in allowing people to invest their IRA in those non-traditional assets, those non-stock bond mutual fund assets. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of people that buy real estate. We have a lot of people that buy um, interest in small private companies. We have mm -hmm. people that lend money out of their IRA. Um, you know, there's just, there's just a whole range of things that people invest in. But so it's not collectible as in you can't foreclose on it or? No, no it's not collectible. That, that's a good question. I need to clarify that. It's not collectible like, uh, you know, Beanie Babies or art or oh, wine okay. or okay, okay, okay. those kinds of things. Not a collectible. We have some people that call sometimes and want to buy classic cars, uh -huh. for instance, and that's that's a collectible. Although, you know, that might be someone's business to buy collectible cars and they may make money on it, but the IRS considers that a collectible. Okay. So you're yeah. able to invest in real estate yourself or like, so like your personal real estate or you have to invest in somebody's real estate company? Well, the, you, you can invest in real estate. Now, not um, when you said personal, the one thing that struck my mind right away mm -hmm. is like, you can't invest in the house that you live in. Right. So right. you can't have your IRA buy a house and you live in it. Um, <laughs> it'd be a good time to touch on the other the other thing that you need yeah. to know about a self-directed IRA is there are people that are known as disqualified parties. Okay. And so you, your IRA cannot do business with those disqualified parties. And those are yourself. So you couldn't uh, if you own a piece of real estate, let's just pick on real estate since we brought it up. Mm -hmm. If you own a piece of real estate personally, you can't sell that to your IRA because you're a disqualified party. Mm. The other disqualified parties are your family, um, but the IRS defines your family as your ascendants and descendants. So your parents, grandparents, kids, grandkids. Mm. Um, interestingly, like a brother is not defined as family. So you could buy a house that your brother owned. Oh wow! Um, your IRA could buy a house and rent it to your brother. Um, mm. So, Typically, when you look at your IRA in with the idea of buying real estate, you're looking at buying investment real estate. Yeah. Okay. That's what that's what I figured. Um, now, also, we're going to touch a little bit on four hundred one ks, and as a business owner starting out, or you're considering becoming a business owner, like how how important is it to um, have that four hundred one k? I mean, is there a size that we need to wait until we are or 
um, before we start doing 401ks or should we start it out as soon as we start a business or? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, um, I'm not an expert, so I don't want anybody to, to <laughs> take what I say and say, well, that's what Terry said I should do. But my personal opinion is, uh-huh. is that it's never too early or it's never too soon to start saving for your retirement. Uh-huh. Um, even if we're just talking about a small amount. So if you're, you know, if you're working for someone and you're, you know, one of these days you're going to start a business or you're planning on being in business for yourself, um, start putting money in an IRA. Any amount that you can, I think, is is very important mm-hmm. um, because you just, I, I mean, I'll tell you, I'm 59 years old and it snuck up on me. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like it was just yesterday I was 27 when I started my business. So it goes very fast. And But the thing about a 401k that's very interesting. So if, if anyone's listening that has, has a business where they and or their spouse are the only employees of that business, they would qualify for what's known as an individual 401k. So you could start a 401k for your business and you can contribute to that. Um, You can contribute to it as an individual. And then, (coughs) excuse me, if your business is profitable, um, the business can contribute to it for you. And the cool thing about a 401k is the contribution limits are much higher than they are with an IRA. Mm. And um, you can do some investing in in the business itself with the 401k. You need to be careful how you do that, but there's a way to do that. And then the other thing that I think is very valuable with a 401k is you can borrow money from it, which you cannot do from, a, from an IRA. Mm. So I would encourage people, if you have a business, you know, if you have, even if you have employees, you can have a 401k. It's just a little more complicated and you probably need to hire uh, a plant administrator to help you take care of it. But if you're the only employee, if you're just owning a little service business Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, maybe your your spouse does the bookkeeping for you or something, um, or or you could even have people that, you know, the other thing to look at that is to, um, you know, just because someone works for you doesn't necessarily mean that meets the definition of an employee. Yeah. If they're under 21 or no, under 18, they're not considered an employee. And if they work, I think, less than a thousand hours a year, they're not, they're, they wouldn't be eligible for the 401k. So, or if they're contract labor. So, yeah. you know, you could have some people working for you when they're, and they really wouldn't uh, disqualify you from having an individual 401k. Yeah. In our industry, in the air conditioning side, uh, we'll have a, there's, it's not uncommon to see, uh, subcontractors doing the install work and then uh, uh, one guy doing all the service work, the owner doing the service work. Uh, so yeah. they may have a couple of install crews that are that are contractors that work for you. So that's good to know. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm not sure if it's state specific or if it's federal, the definition of, you know, a contract, employ- mm-hmm. a contract worker. Um, but I think it's a matter of the, the amount of work they do for you and whether you dictate uh, when they can do it and those kinds of things. Yeah. You dictate their hours uh, when they when they have to arrive on site and you provide them a vehicle. Yeah. yeah. At least that's how it is in air conditioning. And I'm, I'm yeah, almost and then they become that an that's employee. national. Yeah. Yep. And they have to, you can't give them a 1099 anymore. Yeah. So it, at, is there a point to where you would you should swap over from a 401k to to just 
doing your IRA, whether it's um, self-directed? Not really. I mean, you know, if you have if you have a 401k and again, you know, I'm not a I'm not a tax expert. I'm not an yeah. investment advisor or anything. But <laughs> if you have a 401k and you're and, and it's your own business, mm-hmm. I would encourage you just to keep the 401k because so, it's much more flexible. Mm-hmm. And as your business becomes more profitable, I, I mean, the difference in the amount of money that you can put into it is significant. Right now, you can only put $5,500 a year mm-hmm. into an IRA. And a 401k, you can put um, up to 40, I think it's 49,000. Uh, they need to look that up because it changes every year. But so yeah. it's a significant amount of money. If, you, if you're running a profitable business, you can put a significantly uh, larger amount of money into the 401k, um, which some people may be sitting there thinking, well, you know, I may need that money to live on. And, and obviously that could be the case. But if they're in a situation where they can put that money away, mm-hmm. um, believe me, it's going to be so much more valuable when they when they get to be in their 60s and want to retire um, to have a big nest egg that they can uh, that they can take care of themselves in retirement. So what is the what is the benefit of using the IRA or at what point would we start investing in the IRA? Well, you would never, if you had a 401k, I don't know that, I mean, you could, you could put money into the IRA just to mm-hmm. put additional money away, mm-hmm. but they're really two distinct vehicles. In my opinion, the IRA is more for the person that were as an employee of some company and maybe they have a 401k with the company that they're working for and they, mm-hmm. they put a little bit into that, but they also put money into their IRA just to, as additional retirement funds. Okay. Um, if you if you had the 401k and you decided to shut down your business or you sold your business or something mm-hmm. then you would you would have to move the money from the 401k into an IRA okay um, so that's the situation if someone works for someone which is not your audience but if i was an employee of a company once i left that company then i have to either move that money from the 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 old company's 401k to a new company's 401k, or I have to move it into an IRA. So those are the times you would move it to an IRA, but, but, you know, the, the individual 401k or the 401k by itself is just so much more flexible. Mm -hmm. Like I said, in the amount of money you could put in it and the ability to borrow from it. Do you ever see anybody that maxes out, say they, they put in 49,000 and then they still want to put in 5,500, not that that's a, you know, a huge sum of money, but, and then, you know, go over to an IRA and put the 5,500. Can you add it to both of them? Um, yes, absolutely. Now, the only thing is when you, when you put, when you have a 401k, mm-hmm. then the money that you put into an IRA is not tax deductible. So the best thing to do would be then to put the Roth money into the 401, into the IRA Mm-hmm. Um, because you can't deduct it and then you have the tax-free growth. The other thing that's kind of interesting for maybe some of your older uh, listeners that are business owners mm-hmm. is you can start an IRA for for kids or grandkids. I mean, I'm in a position now where I have two grandkids and eventually when they get to the place where um, I can, I can uh, employ them at doing things, um, then I would, if I can give them a W-2 for, for working for me, then I can contribute to an IRA on their behalf, hmm. uh, up to the amount of, uh, up to the amount that I'm paying them that they have W-2 income. 
or $5,500 a year, whichever is greater. So if I employed my grandkids, like, you know, cleaning my building or cleaning my parking lot or something like that, yeah. and I paid them $5,500 a year, I could, I could contribute that to an IRA on their behalf, mm -hmm. uh, which would, you know, I mean, man, how, how valuable would that be if you were 10 yeah. or 12 years old and you started putting $5,500 <laughs> a year into a, a retirement yeah, account? So, um, do the pay, so if you paid on 5,500, could you put an additional 5,500 into their IRA or do you have to put that 5,500 into an IRA? Well, you could pay? put, so great question because you know, what, what kid's going to want to work and then not get any of the money. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so that, and that's the interesting thing. So they can work and you could pay them and they can take that money and spend it on popsicles or whatever they want to do. And then. I could, out of my own pocket, contribute to their to their IRA as long as they can demonstrate they have W two income. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter where the contribution money comes from. Um, cool. So, and I, I'm not sure what the gift. I think, I think uh, you know, you can give up to fourteen thousand dollars a year to to people without any tax uh, consequences. Oh, cool! So, if you just have one or so. two grandkids, then. Yeah, or you're really wealthy and you have ten grandkids. You could put you could put fifty five hundred <laughs> in for each one of them. You know, so yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about your book. Uh, and I want to. It's a. It's got a really cool cover. I, I mean, it's <laughs> it's amazing because uh, in our industry, if whatever you grab is a hammer. So if it's a pair yeah. of pliers, it's a hammer. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you make do with whatever you got, and that's the idea. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure who said it. I think it's in the front of my book. The quote. You know, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah, exactly. And so that was the idea. I don't know on on in hindsight, I don't know that that was a good title because it's not everybody understands that. But the the idea was, you know, that a self directed IRA is just another tool for your investment toolbox. For as an example, and um, you know, because if you 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 can invest in stocks and bonds, and if that's all you know how to invest in, then then that's your hammer. But there's one more tool out there, the ability to invest in these non-traditional assets. And so um, there are not a lot of books out there about self-directed IRAs because, frankly, it's not, you know, it's not an exciting topic. Mm -hmm. um, but so I, I just wrote that book and it was really wrote based on classes that I teach mm -hmm. uh, about self-directed IRAs. And so it's kind of a layman's book. It, it really will just give people... Um, hopefully it will give them a foundation and the idea of what you could do with your self-directed IRA. And then it'll, it'll help them know what questions to ask, um, gotcha. more than anything. So whenever you're reaching out to someone for, uh, assistance, like to, to do the IRA, um, do you reach out to your local financial planner or is it something where like you would reach out to you, um, uh, well, it depends on what they're wanting to do. Um, I think my personal opinion, and, and this is strictly opinion, is that the majority of people out there have no business with a self-directed IRA because they don't understand how to invest. Mm -hmm. I would I would hope, think and hope that it, that business owners might yeah. be a little more adept at uh, investing because they understand it better, maybe. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they don't. I mean, you know, frankly... I've I've been in this business for for 32 years, and and I know how to invest in real estate and and in debt, like we talked about a little bit before the show. Yeah. But I don't know anything about investing in stocks and bonds. In fact, I tell people 
you know, if you want to do really good in the stock market, watch what I've done and do the opposite. <laughs> um, because typically yeah. I buy something and it goes down. Um, so, you know, kind of a, just a quick story. I bought, we were trying to here at, at SunWest, we were getting it set up to where people could own stocks and bonds in their IRA account with us. And so I was the guinea pig and I bought I, I bought 50 shares of Apple stock back when it was like $127 a share. <clears throat> and it went down, immediately started going down. And I think it went down into the 80s. Mm -hmm. And I told my, uh, the, my vice president that works for me, I said, just go ahead and sell that Apple stock because, you know, I'm tired of losing money. I really don't understand it or anything. Well, fortunately for me, she didn't, she forgot to do it. And now it's $208 a share. So that's how good of an investor I am when it comes to the stock market. But I think what's important is people like, if you understand real estate, mm -hmm. you know, if somebody listening is a realtor or some type of a, you know, a, a contractor or something that understands real estate, yeah. that might be a good thing for them to invest in with their IRA. Um, but I think, you know, probably 95% of the people out there don't have any business investing their money. They need mm -hmm. to stick with the professional that does that for a living. Mm -hmm. um, but for those that 5% that understands investing and, and understands what they're investing in, it's a great opportunity. So when you say that, that you're investing in real estate, um, are you actually own, are, do you actually own the real estate as a, so like I, I picture like, um, so we deal with a lot of property managers and people who own rental properties. I mean, we do a lot mm -hmm. of that. Um, and is it a similar thing? Like, so like if you would it be similar to me reaching out to one of the, the homeowners of the investment properties that we fix the air conditions for, uh, you would be, you would physically be that person. Are you investing in like a pool, a large pool of different real estate? that well company you could do both i mean um you know if you're going to invest in a large pool that kind of thing that's typically known as a reit real estate okay. investment trust is a way to do that and you can do that through the traditional okay. you know through the normal ira channels but from with my company you would actually have your ira own the piece of real estate so you would own one of those houses um, that you, that, that the property managers that you work with manage. Okay. And so I could go out, I don't, I don't personally own any real estate mm -hmm. directly in my IRA. Um, but if I, if I wanted to, I could buy a house in my IRA and then my IRA could rent that house out to people and I could hire a property manager to do that. Mm -hmm. Or I could do some of that myself, but the IRA is the actual owner of that piece of real estate and all of the expenses you know, every time I have to hire you to come out and fix my air conditioner, mm. the IRA would have to pay you. Mm. And then the rent that comes from the tenants would come back into the IRA. Okay. And okay. so with, with that, would you, you need to have all the money in the IRA to, to purchase the house outright or would you finance it? No, you don't. You, you could do that. And a lot of our customer, a lot of our clients do own real estate. Uh, free and clear, uh -huh. but you can actually borrow money in your IRA. It and there's only uh, only one caveat is it has to be a non-recourse loan. So what that means is, if the IRA quit paying the monthly payments, mm -hmm. the only thing the lender could do is take the property. They couldn't go back against the IRA for any deficiency uh, in the loan. 
Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, total sense. Okay. So the last question on that topic, uh, is, um, what happens if, uh, someone dies in the house or some catastrophe happens and the tenants tries to sue the house? Like, so I know some friends of mine who own property, they have like $3 million umbrella policies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. what happens? Can you, can they still sue the IRA or? Yes, they could sue the IRA. And so the IRA itself, though, could own that umbrella policy and pay the premiums on that policy if they wanted to. Okay. Um, but the, you know, and I've owned rental properties mm -hmm. most of my business career. Um, and I don't necessarily worry about those kinds of things happening because my regular homeowner's insurance, you know, the, yeah. the individual that's living there, my landlord's insurance will take care of some of that. Um, but the nice thing, I guess part of the nice thing is the most they could get was what was in the IRA. Mm. They could not go th through the IRA to the individual. Mm. So if I, you know, if I had a piece of real estate in my IRA and something tragic happened like that, they could sue my IRA. But let's say I only had, let's say it was a, you know, $100,000 house that I had borrowed $60,000 on. Mm -hmm. So my IRA only had 40,000. That's the extent of which that what they could get. They couldn't go to the individual. I, you know, I say all this and then, like I said, I'm not a lawyer, <laughs> right, but I, right. I, I don't think they could uh, go and against you individually. Okay. Um, you That's know, really so interesting. Again, I, it's, it's, I've always wanted to invest in real estate and I've never really even heard of, of doing it self-directed. Um, I mean, we have IRAs uh, personally. And yeah. I think that's a really cool concept. You know, it really is because for a lot of people, that's the, that's the only place that they have a significant uh, amount of money because yeah. we, you know, all the other money we have to use to live on every day. Mm -hmm. And so that's the only place where we've been able to build up a significant amount of money. So that's important for, I mean, you know, there's two things to think about that. Number one is it's the only place you've been able to build up a significant <laughs> amount of money. So be careful with it. Right. Right. Um, and then the other is maybe you can invest it in something uh, tangible mm -hmm. as compared to, a, a, you know, stocks mm -hmm. and and get a better return on it. I mean, a lot of people True. invest in real estate with their IRA simply because it's a tangible asset that they can, you know, they can drive by and say, you know, my mm -hmm. IRA owns that house. Mm -hmm. so, That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So for people that want to reach out to you, where is that? Where's the best place to send them? Well, there's a few things real quick. I, I Obviously, my book, they're welcome to go to my website at sunwesttrust.com and they can request the book. We'll either send them a physical copy of the book or they can download it, uh, mm -hmm. the ebook for free. Mm -hmm. um, I also have a, a YouTube channel uh, called SunWest IRA. If they want to learn more about self-directed IRAs, we have over 200 videos on there that talk about that subject. And then if they just want to ask me a question, they can go to sunwesttrust.com uh, click on the contact us part of it and just send an email um, to that email address and, and uh, reference this podcast. Yeah. And I'd be happy to help, help them in any way I can. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's not our normal talk, but it's really cool stuff that uh, as a business owner, you, you, you kind of get bogged down in your day to day fixing what you got going on. And uh, you really need to take a second and step back and, and think about your future. Uh, investment. You absolutely do. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm a business owner and, w and we can, we can talk about that on another podcast sometime because I've yeah. done this for, for 35 years, but, 
Um, it's amazing to me, you know, being 59 now, how fast that time went by. You know, I look back and I've been in business, in this business for 32 years. Mm. And man, it was a blink of an eye. And had I not done some, well, I'm very fortunate. My business has some value and it's, it does well. And I yeah. have kids that are probably going to help take over it. But um, it, I've also put some money in a retirement account. So I've got that. And in business, you never know. You know, you never know what's going to happen to your business. You could be doing great today and tomorrow something happened and you not be doing as well. So yeah, I think it's always valuable to, to put something away for that proverbial rainy day. Mm -hmm. Cool. I agree with you 100%. Thank you again for coming on the podcast and sharing, sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to talking to you soon. Okay. Thank you.